Okay. okay. Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockray Community Radio. Hello and you're very welcome to Mind the Head here on Lockray Community Radio, a weekly mental health and well-being show. Each week I'm joined by different guests, some that are experts in their field and sometimes by a guest that has overcome adversity and achieved personal challenges. My name is Paul Flaherty and on this episode I'm joined by Jessica Kelly, a professional life coach. Hello Jessica. Hi Paul, how are you? You're very welcome along to the show, thank you for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so you're a professional life coach? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how you got into that? Yeah, so my background is actually science. So I studied science in in UIG and I majored in chemistry and I've been working in that field for over six years now and still working in it. And professional coaching, um, well, it's all about building awareness and it's helping people learn about themselves and Mm -hmm. setting goals. And basically I focus on personal development and Mm -hmm. relationships in my own business at the moment. But how it all came about really was um, through a series of kind of personal challenges in my own life. So back in 2009, uh, I was 17 and I obtained a couple of injuries in sports. So I was very sporty in school and um, I played everything that was going, literally soccer, football, basketball. And I obtained like just a series of injuries where the doctors told me that I had to quit sport, that if I you know if I hurt my knee anymore my right leg that I'd be in trouble but um at 17 I didn't really heed them or pay attention to them I thought (laughs) I was invincible and I basically kept having to be pulled off the pitch like I'd be going to the field with my bandages around my knee and the the trainer would be like Jessica would you 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 can't go on or like you're not fit to but um in 2010 I threw in the towel because I I had to go for a keyhole surgery at the time and uh you know, I just said, okay, I was sick of being pulled off the pitch yeah. <laughs> and getting nowhere. But um, a couple of years later then, um, in t- 2013, I was going for a swim and I, my foot actually slipped into a pothole, uh, a pothole as well. And I actually dislocated my knee. Ouch. So yeah. it was very, very intense and pain. And yeah. I had to go for a second surgery and um, it took about three months recovery. And that was a fair fair hit to me. Yeah. I was quite concerned and the consultant and the doctors were saying, you really, really need to be careful. Like you're just, you've done so much damage and yeah. using all this scary medical language at, language at me. So having the second hit, that was tough. And um, then a couple, of years, a couple of years later, I decided to start running along the Greenway. And um, I was living at Westport at the time, beautiful yeah. Greenway actually. And I was jogging for... A week or two and then I started feeling this pain in my knee again and I worked in the lab at the time I was wearing these heavy chemical safety shoes and I was just in pain all day going around my after work like like after being six hours and going around the lab on my feet I just felt like coming home and I'd put, be putting an ice pack on my leg and I was kind of in denial and afraid to go to the doctor again because I thought oh like what would they say would it be bad and I went to my physiotherapist because uh, I got physio regularly. I was kind of told to see a physiotherapist regular enough because of my past injuries, mm-hmm. just to keep an eye on things. And he was kind of concerned uh, about what he was seeing. My kneecap started, it was a bit mobile, more mobile than it should be. Mm. So he was quite concerned and he said to go see a doctor. Well, actually, he didn't seem to tell me to go see a doctor. I asked, to, uh, I decided to go see a doctor and get his opinion on it. And he was quite worried too. And he said, okay, um, you know, I was actually supposed to be going traveling at the time. And he goes, you're going nowhere. He goes, 
And I was like, oh, great. And um, I had to go to see three different consultants who all were pointing at surgery for the third time, but they were very reluctant to have to do that for a third time because mm-hmm. given having to open up twice previously mm-hmm. at my age, like I'm only 25. And uh, so I was quite scared at the time and I went to see the third consultant and he said, look, um, I think we'll have to go with surgery again, but I'd like you to come back in six weeks and I'll get some more of my, some more experts in and we'll pull mm-hmm. a conference and we'll have you there because I'd like to get a bit more, a, a bit more of an opinion on it, like, you know. So I go home and my grandmother is there and she was just like, will you go see this doctor in town? I just saw him lately. I think he's lovely and, you know, like, I think he could help you. And I was like, okay, I don't know what he could say, Granny. I've been seeing, you know, saw three different consultants and everything, but I said, look, I'll go to the doctor. Yeah. And uh, he was the first one to disagree with the surgery. And he asked me then to go see this other physiotherapist in town, Liam Moffat, in the Mayo Sports Clinic. And that day as well, I went to see him and he wasn't phased by any of it. And he said, I can help you. You don't need surgery. And I was like, all right, I didn't really know if I could trust or believe in him, but I had no other choice. So I had six weeks to decide on the surgery or be seen again. So for those six weeks, I worked with Liam and I made a major transformation and everyone couldn't believe you know, after six weeks, I went up to the consultant and saw the other surgeons there and they were like, whoa, you've changed. And they were like, you know, who have you, what have you been doing? And I basically started to see swimming. Um, I started working with Liam, but not, Liam didn't just focus on the, the physical aspect of things. He also uh, brought my attention and my awareness to the psychological side of things. Oh, okay. And during our sessions, he really helped me push through the fear. He could see how fearful I was because yeah. of all the past trauma. Yeah. Psychologically, I wasn't being able to push through. Yeah. And he, for those six weeks, he pushed and pushed and pushed and helped me push through the pain. And like he, and it was after that, I, I realized that like, if you're not mentally aware or if you're, if you're, if you don't overcome the fear and the past traumas, you can't actually move forward. And that yeah. was actually a big part of what was holding me back. Yeah. So I, anyways, I didn't have to go for surgery, which is great. And then I continued to work with Liam and then he asked me to go see a sports and conditioning coach. And he actually, for the first session, went, asked me loads of questions about what all the doctors and consultants had said to me. And it was all quite negative things. They were all, I felt like kind of like an outcast to them really, or a big experiment. They couldn't get over, you know, the, the damage I'd done. Like. Yeah. But Liam tried to make me feel that, you know, that I'm not that, that like this isn't, you know, odd to have these kind of injuries because he works with Mayo players yeah. and the, f- the football team. So he asked me to go see him. And like, after that, I realized that I needed to change the story. Like for nine years, basically, of being told that I can't do this. I can't play yeah. contact sport. Don't run. Don't do this. Liam and uh, Mark told me, like, helped me change the story and start to tell me I can do things and that I need to overcome the fear and that language, that negative language that I was carrying and I found that really interesting. Yeah. So I started looking into that and everyone was like, oh, you should share your story so it might help other people. Yeah. And then I realized that I started looking into coaching and I trained up as a coach. And then I realized as I was going through the course that, you know, the language and how we see things affects everything and influences everything we do. Yeah. And I realized it doesn't have to just be applied to your leg or, you know, yeah. an injury. It can be applied to any part of life. Like, yeah. you know, if you fear or if you've had negative, like, stories or past yeah. like you, it'll influence how you move forward yeah so that's where that's how i got into it and yeah. um you know i thought first i might help people who are in rehab as well or had okay. an injury but like i think it, it applies to every part of your life if you 
if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have the confidence, yeah. if you don't overcome past fears, yeah, that can actually hold you back. And the only person that can make changes is yourself. Yeah. Because you couldn't change my life. For me, I've got to change my own life. Yeah. And you know? it, it was funny, like, because when I met Mark, the sports and conditioning coach who uh, Liam asked me to see, and, you know, he's really good for, like, helping, because he could see, I felt like, you know, by all the negative talk and that I, mm. you know, that I was under a lot of stress and, you know, mm. that worry and pain. And he was trying to make me feel like that I wasn't alone. Mm. Like, so when I met Mark, actually, he was a person who I think he had went through something similar and he was trying to share that, you know, that um, he kept asking me loads and loads of questions. And I was like, why is he asking me all mm. these questions? And then I was just driving home and I realized like he's trying to help me change the story. And he kept saying, but you can do this, but you can. And, yeah. you know. And then I just, it was a, I was a changed person from then. And mm. I realized that your language and how you speak to yourself has to align with your actions. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Or else you're just. Because sometimes we speak to ourselves. And I've said this before on this show, that we speak to ourselves as though we wouldn't speak to anybody else in our lives because the way we treat our own selves is often worse than what we would, yeah. you know. And like, I think I was like, I kind of wanted to not think about it, I suppose, as well, because it upset me a lot that I had to give up sport. And mm. I often remember when I was in college and seeing people playing sports or walking past a, a court or a basketball court, which I love mm. and thinking like the member, the doctors tell me not to do that, mm. not to do all these things. And then when I met Liam and Mark, they're like, you can do these and we can get you there. And mm. um, then I realized what I missed most was like being part of a team. Yeah. And um, so I decided to join a group at home swimming, which is just like, was a big changer as well. So yeah, yeah just, like realizing that uh, how we think influences a lot of how we show up in life and how we perform and how we can actually move forward. So that's so how you have your granny basically, my late to, grandmother. Yeah, to thank yeah, you for yeah. Kind of on this like if path. I if I hadn't actually if she hadn't asked me to go see that doctor, yeah. I wouldn't have met Liam and yeah. I would have actually the surgery that they were in the what they were going to do was going to take a year of recovery. Wow. And I was yeah. very frightened. I remember sitting yeah. in the seat with the consultant and he was describing the surgery and I felt sick and I was there. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't actually know. I haven't ever gone back and thanked them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he knows. I hope he knows. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it, it wasn't like he, he. I got a year back of my life basically because yeah. Like I've been to a lot of rehab before with the other injuries and yeah. just didn't want to have to go through that again. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit yeah. about kind of the personal coaching and yeah. what exactly it is? Well, first of all, what exactly do you do? So if I came to you and said, "Hello, Jessica." Can you help me? Yeah, like it would depend on what your goals are. Like, yeah. so when someone comes to me, it's the first part of the session. Or the first, uh, the first part is to um, identify your goals, and maybe you might know what your goals are. So, so would I have to have a huge list, or could I only maybe have one goal? Yeah, you know, or it could be like, one goal. It could yeah. be a career change. It could yeah. be you might want to start getting fitter and yeah. healthier. And the idea behind it is. Uh, I'm here to help you learn about yourself. Yeah. And when you increase self-awareness, you can start realizing where your bad habits are. Yeah. And if you're aware of why you're doing those things, which comes with self-awareness, yeah. you, you can make changes. And I'm here to make sure that you're being honest to yourself. Um, I'm also there to help support them along the journey. Yeah. And there's that accountability factor as well. Like, so you know, if we're meeting on a weekly basis, like, you know, and you, we set out a plan. So I help you set a plan for whatever yeah. your um, goal is. But the idea is for me to help you create the plan, one that suits your life, like not copy someone else's plan. So one that fits into your life, because 
like I have to learn about you, what your lifestyle is. Yeah. Um, so it really is just a journey of self-awareness and learning about yourself. And as a coach, I'm there to make sure that you stay true to yourself and that I ask questions so that you come up with the answers yourselves. Because I suppose there's this philosophy that if, you know, if I tell you what to do, you're less likely to do it. Mm, you when you come up mm. with a plan yourself and it's your own, mm-hmm. you're more motivated and more inclined to stick to it. Your own kind of thing that where you have a list to tick off or things that you have to do yourself. Whereas, suppose if you gave me a list of things that now, Paul, off you go and do that, yeah. I'd be more inclined to go. Well, mm, do you know what now? <laughs> yeah, and like know? it's it's kind of to prompt you as well. So, like, just say for example, you said, Jessica, I want to start going to the gym more, and yeah. I want to start getting fitter. It's uh, almost like you can read my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's a common thing, but it, this is especially just an, in January. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just an example, and like I'd be right, okay, Paul. So, what? Tell me about what you've done before, and yeah. what has worked for you, and what hasn't. Okay. And also, we forget about the things like I might say, what what might get in the way, and you might think, oh, well, I forgot to wash my gym gear, so I had mm. no gym gear, so I couldn't go to the gym. That could be something. So, you know, you'll realize then I have to make sure I have enough gym gear to go. And then you might think, oh, well, I, sometimes when I come home, I sit on the couch and I can't get up. So what would be an idea to like help you, prevent you from getting onto the couch? And you might say then what what people say is they bring the gym, gym bag with them to work yeah. and so that they don't go home and sit yeah. on the couch, that they go straight from there to the gym. Yeah. And then another thing is you might be hungry or you might you say, sometimes I'm hungry and I just don't have the energy for the gym. So, you know, that preparation and what kind of meal or what kind of bar or you know, how can you prepare to make sure you're not going to be hungry? But like, I'm giving the answers here. These are just kind of common things that people might say back. Yeah. So it's about just making sure that we see ahead what obstacles obstacles could get in the way. And, you know, um, you know, you come back to me and you can tell me what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. And then we, we go again. Like, and that's what it is. It's just basically a support system. And I'm kind of like a sounding board for you to hear what's going on in your head and, you know, make yeah. sure that you have clarity on where you're going. Because particularly with things maybe like making a career change, that's kind of a huge step for someone to Mm. take. And they'll often, you know, really debate that and kind of mull that over in their head for ages before they actually ever make a decision about that, because it's a huge step to take. And if you're not quite strong enough to take that step, then you may need someone to kind of give you some tools to help you to get to that particular point before you can make a decision about that. Yeah, and yeah. It, and that comes back to it as well, like, you know, it's the, some people I see it, I, I've worked, like in the few years I've worked, I've often seen people who say, oh, I've, you know, I've a degree in it, I spent so much money and invested mm. so much money and time, I can't quit it now. And that's kind of the typical attitude of mo- how most people think, but, you know, maybe you can't change your career tomorrow mm. but why not make small steps over time to get there what's the point of you know some people want the quick solution yes but sometimes it's having someone there to create small steps like as a coach can help yeah. you support you and remind you of why you yeah. want to get there and some people some people don't get there because they take the short-term kind of comfort things rather than you know there's so many distractions in the evening like yeah. it's easy to forget what you're supposed to do yeah but if you have someone that you're accountable to yes that's what the idea of having a coach as well is someone that you know you you have to meet them and you know have you know done your work yeah and like as a coach it's my job to make sure you are doing the work so um to help you and and the work that you're talking about primarily is work on yourself isn't it kind of work on yourself and you know why did i why why did you step into this career like we all make these decisions at 17 but later on we you know we grow and we change and we have new experiences like it's natural people think 
oh I can't say I don't want to do this anymore like yeah. I mean what my parents and family say yeah and there, there's fear there yeah well like at the end of the day you know it's about your happiness and I think people are in autopilot a lot and they yeah. you know we don't get to repeat our life again yeah you know, we've one chance and that's it yeah I think people forget that yeah that we're not here forever like yeah. you know and yeah that's kind of the thing but we just get so comfortable and so kind of set in our own particular ways that we often find it hard to make the change yeah even though we might desperately want to but just it's just making that step yeah you know? yeah it's kind of and that's the thing people think it has to be this one big step but yeah. if we actually break it down yeah and take little steps like you know yeah. a week you could get there within six months or a year yeah and it's just having that person to talk it out with and yeah. you know um, have a support system can i ask you yeah. so for example you know i go to you and say i want to change my career or mm. whatever the case might be do we have a time frame do you set a time frame to say well look okay paul in 12 months time you're going to have a new job and a new career do you do something like that or how do you is it is it for each person is it different as it, to what happens yeah so i i treat every person like, like differently like yeah. this like we're all different yeah. and it might take us all a longer time but yeah I'd say with something like that, if it, it would depend on the first session. Like, so yeah. what I do with someone that comes to me first is that I do a consultation first, a free consultation, because not everyone is coachable. Like, they, I have to qualify someone that they actually are suitable to be coached. Okay. Because, you know, I've had people come to me and they look for advice or they want me to give the answers, but you have to be willing to be talked to me as well and I yeah. need to hear what's going on in your head and what are the limiting beliefs what are the blo inner blocks that are getting in your way from actually taking those yeah. steps and it, it can take time depending on the person so I do that first because some people don't want to talk and open up and some people aren't willing to do the work you can tell if someone's just kind of coming for the quick fix but then there's some people who are genuine and they're like no i i really really want this and i'm willing to talk i'm willing to work and i understand what you have to make sure that they understand what coaching is because like coaching is for you coming up the answers i'm here to get the answers out of you so you know they have to be willing to you know sit and sometimes it takes a while for people to come up with these answers but you have to be willing to go through the process and trust it as well like so Depending on the person, I think um, it could be typically an average six to eight sessions, maybe um, for someone with a major, like a uh, major career change. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was having a look at your Instagram, Jessica, and I came across one of your posts where you were talking about relationships and, you know, perhaps maybe now the start of a new year, maybe you've been single for a while, mm -hmm. you're looking to get into a relationship or start a relationship. Um and there was some very, very good advice on that because you were kind of saying, you know, you need to kind of draw up a list of what of what you want and what you expect from a relationship, which I was saying to you, I'd never actually thought about that because mm. I'm such a romantic at heart, Jessica, <laughs> I just got caught up in all the romance of it to start when you meet somebody. Yeah. And But they're actually, you know, if you don't kind of, if you are looking for a relationship, you may tend to kind of go down a different road to than what you should do, do you mm. know? Yeah, it's, uh, th so again, that post i i give a series of questions to yeah. for people to ask themselves and again that's what coaching is is helping people create the awareness and yeah. like and the reason why i don't tell people what to do is because i want them to come up with the answers themselves because yeah. i can't just presume what people want but i believe that you know before you enter a relationship like the best thing to do is ask yourself what type of relationship do i want and really why do i want this relationship what what has triggered me to want it is it like seen a post on social media of a friend putting up a happy picture mm. going for a walk and do I feel like that that's what I should be doing or do I yeah. need that or is it a family member saying 
why haven't you got a partner which mm. is common for some people yeah. and I think today's in this generation it is quite hard to meet someone really mm. like as in we're a lot busier and we're there's a lot more distractions yeah. and like there's so many choice ways of going about dating at the moment yeah. but I suppose that, that's been a bit different now with the pandemic yeah. so people yeah. have to go people through. are probably more reliant now on online dating than what they've ever been which yeah which yeah. is not for everyone either mm-hmm. so I think people feel the pressure there's people who are going on those apps and it's like not very good for your mental health if you mm-hmm. don't use it in the right way like I mean there's people I suppose it depends on who you're talking to but I'm sure there's people who ghost others like and mm-hmm. you know you hear ghosting and mm-hmm. which is not good for other people like yeah. and other other challenges are that um you, you don't really get to know the person i think after a while if people are texting constantly they can build up this idea of the person in their head mm. and you know if that goes on for weeks and then maybe they meet them there can be a big disappointment because mm. you know texting is subjective as mm-hmm. well and people can be like oh this person is so interesting and everything but mm. that has to be something that they have to be careful but um, like the point really is make sure that you, you're going to a relationship for the right reasons and you write down what qualities maybe you're looking for, what values and also the boundaries as well. Like, you know, there's those people who might be messaging all day long and expect replies back. Yeah. Yeah. And no one can be on their phone all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, you don't want to be yeah. talking yeah. all day long. Um, so it's kind of making that other person aware or setting those boundaries for yourself that you know that you do want to take a break from the apps and yeah. that maybe make that person aware that look I don't like to be on the app too much yeah. so you know maybe yeah. we can don't expect messages back all the time but yeah. these are the hours I'm kind of online and not online so you know see can they come up with the mutual kind of agreement or you know and make sure that you're just make sure that you're not relying on it too much mm. or it's not you know consuming too mm. much of your time and even your mental health like some people might he hasn't texted me back in hours or mm. she hasn't and there's so many things but um what i advise there for most people is really try and mix it up a little bit with facetime make sure you see mm. that person hear how they talk uh, mm. look at their eyes have they smile how they laugh you know you need those kind of things mm. in these days and i think if people are hiding behind messages for too long mm. it's not you need to kind of step back and mm. realize that this isn't you know how if it was a real relationship you can't just be behind the phone Mm -hmm. like so there's a few things to be aware of but yeah like i definitely think sitting down asking yourself those questions that i posted about like you know uh, why uh, what are the qualities i look for what are the non-negotiables and what boundaries do i need to make sure that i keep other parts of my life moving like my family my Mm -hmm. friends my career my my health so So kind of speaking of family there you also kind of say that you do work with people that may be having some challenging relationships with members of their own family yeah and yeah. i suppose like there's people who have may have had to move home or you know because remote working is such a big thing mm. at the moment people might take the opportunity to go home and save money and live at home mm. while they can because we have a choice now with remote working mm-hmm. and um i suppose some of the challenges can be that you know some people find that it, the relationships with their parents can be difficult as well mm-hmm. and um you know because there's such a stress at the moment with the pandemic there's mm-hmm. no boundaries between office family mm-hmm. and your your personal life so yeah there's there's a bit of that at the moment and that's a challenge for some people but yeah that can be something that's worked on with depending on the person and the actual challenges they're going through yeah yeah so you can just kind of help out there and you can I kind of help there and just you know like sometimes we have expectations of our, our parents maybe mm-hmm. and you know 
things have changed from when you're 18 to maybe 28 and like if you're just come back home living for the maybe the first time since then like for me i know i haven't lived at home properly since then since i left for college and uh you know, I know even if I go home for the weekend, like it could be differences and yeah. like, you know, you just know that things have changed and like yeah. your parents might treat you like a kid still or, yeah. you know, and you, you know, you're an adult now and yeah. those relationships can be quite tricky sometimes. And we've just come from the Christmas season as well, where sometimes things too kind of come to a head as well, you yeah. know, with families. So like, yeah, it can be like, an espe- like it was a very stressful Christmas mm. for most people like and um and we often lash out at the people that we are closest to yeah so i think i think like what i find with those kind of um scenarios is that sometimes when the way we react is something that is a signal to why does that trigger you why Mm. are you reacting and usually we have to look into that and see why are we reacting that because the more we react to something more it's it shows how important it is to us like you know so often like if someone is telling me oh i just get so mad when they do this and like then i'm not interested in the story but i'm interested in hearing okay why is that making you angry and getting to the core of the actual challenge and thought that's coming there and then they they might realize oh it's actually not them that's something that's actually bothering me because of whatever there's always a story kind of to why so really it's about looking into people's reactions and like you know what's the trigger there and why are, is that triggering you and yeah that's that's how i usually work around those things and i suppose that's something for people to be aware of like if the more you react to something the more it's it's a, a signal to you as yeah. to why it's something maybe you need to deal with yourself like so okay that's a common one okay um unfortunately <laughs> we're really coming to the end of the show jessica and my one final question to you on this occasion is going to be what do you enjoy the most about your job um so i'm a people's person so I love people coming to me and hearing their story yeah. and I love when people come to me and they 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 list out all these challenges and you know all these goals that they have yeah. and then watching them go and face them and take them on and supporting them along the way and like being part of their story like and kind of empowering them to sort of yeah you know, yeah. yeah I think that's what's so rewarding like and and like you know coaching to me it's funny like because i love my current job as well mm-hmm. but that's kind of science and it's a lot of computers and graphs mm-hmm. and numbers and you know um like i'm at a desk a lot or you know whereas you know in the evenings when i'm working on this uh, it's nice like just to kind of help people in more of a direct way rather than an indirect way like so it's uh it's definitely something that i enjoy it's kind of um it gets me to, i get to use my creative side really yeah. and like you know um so it's a, been an enjoyable experience so far. Great. How can I, or how can anyone get in touch with you that won't want to avail yeah. of your services? So my main platform at the moment is Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose not everyone's on that, so people can get uh, get me through an email or my phone number, which, uh, would you want me to share it here? or If you're happy to share your, your contact number, yeah. yeah, you can, yeah, no problem. Um, so my contact number is 087-76-24050. So if people want to message me through there or my email is, uh, oh, I keep remembering my personal email now, actually. <laughs> uh, it's uh, jkellyprofessionalcoaching at gmail.com. So. And you were telling me you are getting a website together at yeah, some I'm point. Yeah, I'm trying so to, that's under construction at the moment. Yeah. And so working on that at the moment. So, yeah. Great. Okay. Any final words? No, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's 
nice to be here. It's nice to actually be in the studio rather than yeah. online or through yeah. Zoom. It's ni- nice to have these conversations and face-to-face. Like, so thanks for having me here. You're very welcome. It's been great to talk to you. Um, thanks, Jessica. And that is it for this episode of Mind the Head. Um, you can get to, to the show on Twitter, Mind the Head LCR. Um, thank you very much for listening along. I'll be back with you again next week. Thank you. Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty. A show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockray Community Radio.